podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Three the pod. Free pod. Uh, stop that. Uh, pod 265 <laughs> sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with Okay. And JCIS, the Global Research and Brand Consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Nicely done. I will. Oh, we're rattling through this pod. Well, 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 well. Uh, that's James Endicott. Hello, how are you? Good, how are you? Good to see you. I think, did I miss the last pod? Yeah, I think so, quite, yeah. I look quite sure I did. the last two, I think. I think you've been away for a bit. It's been a while since I've, it was just the four of us. I've been wandering through uh, the ether for a few weeks. And how's that been? Amazing. Ether? Yeah. Is that the one near Epsom? Yeah, just, well, it's just, hey! it's just, south, like it's just southwest of Epsom. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> Sounds like Jim Daly sat in ether. <laughs> How dare you? Kevin, uh, Hello. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, we'll do 12th in the table, wherever we are. It's great. <laughs> are we? I don't even know. We are. Um, Andy Spring. Hello. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. Good. You've been on holiday. Looking very smart. I've been on holiday, yeah. Of course you've been on holiday. You've been on like 20 holidays a year. He's gloating WhatsApp pictures. I wasn't gloating. You just asked for us. Of, you have more holidays than Jamie Vardy's missus, didn't you? <laughs> You're always on holiday. You're either suing people in the court or... Le court. Le court. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was on holiday in the court. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice, thank you for asking. Good. Um, let's talk about Palace. Oh, actually, no, let's talk about the... Uh, Palace probably is given what the pod is about. Well, first of all, we're going to talk about the Marathon March, oh, which course, is yeah. uh, 13th. three weeks away. Coming up three rapidly. Half, yes. Yeah, how are you, how's training going? Well, I was, it was going well until I read uh, Dr. Zaff's uh, message to people taking part about training techniques. What did he say? It, it seems we're at odds on, <laughs> on <laughs> how you should actually be, according to him, you should be looking to do, to be up to about 20 miles, but two weeks beforehand. And then don't do as much after that. So, so we're not how are you doing? Quite, yeah, many, what what, what you does he doing? know about sports science? And well, yeah, exactly. He's, he's not. Huh. He's talking to proper sportsmen every day. He doesn't realise who he's. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. different for us. Yeah, he also says you should warm down afterwards by walking in a swimming pool. No, I think yeah, I'm pints at the pub with Steve Parrish is probably a better yeah. mm. warm down. How many miles are you up to, Anders? Uh, two. Well, I'm not doing them. Can't do I, I can't do the uh, the, 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 the marathon march, yeah, yeah. even though I've been training uh, vigorously for what about six months training? now. Yeah. 
Well, no, no, it's it's Shane, because I'm. He looks good on it. I'm. I'm. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to a literary festival in Halifax. Okay. It's an. It's, a, it's an excuse. Is that because you're a published author then? Now I'm yeah. a published author. Yeah. Yeah, I have to do the literary circuit, yeah. and I'll be there. So um, it was yeah. slightly embarrassing that I. Ex- I accidentally ended my. I went for a training walk on Saturday, which accidentally ended in the farms market, <laughs> <laughs> and I was recognised by a mate of mine as a Wimbledon fan who just went, "You take. You constantly calling us posh, and your training walk ended in a farm." market no he's way. got a point Kev. well it they could are look, everywhere it could look like that. which yeah. farmer's market just out of interest it's a new one in the rookery and Streatham common oh it's very nice you'd like to be right oh. up your street mr middle class you'd love it can't wait do you know um yeah. do you know who is doing the marathon march this year me yes Mr. well andy johnson mr andy johnson yeah oh he's also on the podcast later Ooh. on oh, oh, excellent. Who, I, can't see nice him. Link. I knew he was little but i didn't realize <laughs> who went to interview him i went to interview him this morning just you on your own just me so it should be on the podcast today so how was he he was he was on good form okay good so two of the pod will be AJ talking about the Marathon March talking a little bit about Wilf about Palace about Roy there's a really interesting bit about Roy's training techniques because he played with, with Roy at Fulham, at Fulham oh, yeah. uh, which is well worth listening out for so that'll be coming up in part two of the pod really good uh, let's remind people though how they can donate to the FYP fundraising for the Marathon March if you go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP podcast and donate you can get into a draw to win some well some prizes do you want to hear the prizes yes please yeah £10 donation gets you a draw for some FYP merchandise. Ooh. £25 donation gets you a draw to be on the Pod Extra. Ooh, Kev. I knew that was coming. Oh, and a £50 it. donation gets you to be on a draw to be on the Full Pod. What, wow. This that's not bad, podcast. actually. So there you go. So get donating. Justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP podcast. Um, let's talk about Saturday. Palace won mm, 1-0. Palace, mm. you know, ended that run of three defeats on the bounce with a victory at Huddersfield, Kevin. Mm. Same uh, result as last season. Mm. Not the same score. Wasn't, it wasn't uh, the prettiest of performances, was well, it? But they did you, get the points. It was, it, it was strange. I mean, we've played well. We played well against Watford and lost. We played well against Liverpool and, <laughs> and lost. So I'm quite happy with not playing that well and winning. But... It was strange though because the press and the public couldn't seem to make up their mind. Because first of all, the BBC website and a couple of other papers said it, we were terrible, we were lucky to get away with it. But then Sky and a couple of other papers said it was a strong, resolute away performance. And so it's hard to know. Exactly I think it was what... more down to Huddersfield don't have a lot of quality. Yeah, I think they are going to be da- down there this season. Yeah. yeah, they hit the post late on. Um, there wasn't that much for the centre backs to do. And obviously, it was Tompkins and Sacco back again. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, Tompkins returning from injury. But. Enders, my, my main issue was at Palace without Wilf. There's, there's not a lot going well, on up top. Again, it's, it just proved it. You know, I mean, I've, I've only seen very extended highlights and I spoke to a lot of people who were there and, it, you know, I think you know, Wilf was the difference, you know. But you know what? Wilf, if Wilf's going to be the difference, then Wilf's the difference. Mm. It, you know, it does, it does beg the question that if and when anything does happen but to there, him. There are only... You know, there are only Teams like City that have got players better than Wilf. It's not any of like 12, 13, 14 teams in the Premier League would happily rely on a Wilf to stay up every season. So it's not just us. But what I don't understand is, is like, because he's not, we're not a team, he's not creative in the sense that he's a number 10 or he's a, a number, he's not, you know, sitting in the middle of a midfield. Playmaker so or anything. It's like not, he's nothing like and we, But we've never had people say, oh, we have, no, there's no, nobody creates it. But we've never been that sort of team. We've always been a team that relies on, on wide, fast, Attacking football. What I, what I really don't understand is at the end of last season, you had the two fullbacks, 
bombing forward. You had Townsend bombing forward. You had MacArthur bombing forward. It seems it doesn't. It's not that we suddenly lack players that can't do it. It's just Mayer is obviously good enough to do it. It's just that suddenly that the entire focus of the team seems to be seems to be Wilf. And it seems the more they talk about him, the more the focus goes on Wilf instead of saying, well, look, we have got other players. In, a, in, in a sense, though, Kevin, in a sense, I, I, I like the focus being on Wilf because it it creates that space for the rest of the team. I mean, from all accounts, the performance on Saturday wasn't great and we don't utilise that. But in, in the past, last season, many times, mm. there's so much focus on Wilf, they're putting so many players on him that it just leaves us that little bit of extra space to start to do things. You know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm more than happy for Will to shoulder what you know, shoulder the responsibilities of the team and to actually push us forward. The only problem that we've got is if 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 and when if something happens to him, then that's when we're in trouble. You know, touch wood, touch wood, yeah. touch wood, touch wood, and that's you know that's the thing. But you know, he is a game changer. There's not many of them in the league. There is yeah. not many of them. I think really he's I think he's more than happy to take that responsibility as well. I think that's one of the reasons. I think it fires him on. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. one of the reasons he stayed at Palace is because he wants to be well. that. Like Letizia, he was at Southampton, a, a, a one-player team, mm. not a one-player team, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Though. Somebody who who will shine in a mediocre team, and he wants to be that player. The amount but of times we sit here and we say what we are lacking is somebody who can change a game, yeah. right? And Wilf is that person. Well, and on Saturday he did that. I mean, that goal, Andy. It's a cliche, isn't it? But if there had been a Hazard or, or someone else, yeah. they'd be saying, "Well, that's mm. why they're one of the best players in the Premier League." And mm. and it was just it was a world-class goal. Well, it came from nothing as well, didn't it? Um, I saw some people saying that I had a, a good performance and justification for that position was that he'd, he'd uh, given an assist to Wilf, but it was kind of giving Wilf the ball 60 yards from going, going, go on then lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get on with it. And just, uh, yeah, if you actually watch back that finish and it's available, I think from 11 different angles on the Palace online thing, it's <laughs> incredibly difficult as a skill to, get that level of power, swerve yeah. and accuracy with zero backlift. Yeah. You see he sort of almost bends his body in half to be able to do it. Yeah. And there aren't that many players who've got that level of sort of physicality, flexibility and general all-round talent to be able to pull off a finish like that. It was absolutely fantastic goal. Well, after putting himself in the position as well, which was a combination of pace and mm. power. Yeah. And that power he didn't have two years ago. He always had to pace, but he's bolted up. Yeah. Which I think is one of the reasons he's he's actually surviving some of the more crude tackles is because he's physically yeah stronger. He, 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 he reminds me. I would not I would not put him in the same bracket as Cristiano Ronaldo. But I remember seeing Ronaldo as a young lad when he was at Man United, and he was like always getting knocked off the ball and yeah. always moaning and shouting. And then all of a sudden he be, he became this amazing machine. But he became this bulked up thing mm. that's just just knocking players away and just walking through teams. And Wilf is he's he's our. Ren- I don't yeah, really know. No, you know what I mean? He's, he's, I think yeah, he's, yeah. He, he has that ability, and it's almost like the the, the 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 more the team rely on him, the older and wiser he's getting, and the the the, the bigger he's getting, the better he's becoming. I mean, obviously, there's the one thing, the one downside is that he still reacts. Mm. Yeah, you know. Which, but then again, all all players react. I mean, even Cristiano Ronaldo reacts. Lionel Messi reacts. Yeah, and he did. You know, and and I think that interview he did on Match of the Day mm. has probably maybe not done done him a lot of favors. Because I, I I think people will just say, oh, here he, here he goes again. But he's there's a lot, there's so much truth in that. Well, there's truth in what he's saying. But I think people will use it against him. But I, it was interesting because so many journalists talked about, oh, he's really brave to say that. You wouldn't expect a professional footballer to say that. But what else is he supposed to say? Because he's, yeah. he's absolutely right in yeah. everything he says. And he, like Chris Kamara said, you couldn't see on the camera angle because the substitute's head going away. Chris Kamara said, there's a straight red. Simple as that. Yeah. It was a shocking tackle. Yeah. What else is Wilf supposed to And then Wilf... Is it the Huddersfield guy on Wilf? Yeah. 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 And then Wilf's getting a yellow card because so Wilf's getting the same punishment. 
for lashing out. And he should, of course he shouldn't do it, but it's, you can't just... They're not they weren't similar They're not equivalent offences. No, no. I've got to say, though, I think referees are in a slightly invidious position in that you see that I had two challenges in my mind when I was thinking about this point earlier. One, the Mane challenge on Edison last season, and yeah. two, the Jagiel uh, foul and red card yeah. against Wolves. And in both instances, there were numerous fans and numerous pundits saying, well, he's gone in honestly, he's just slightly mistimed the challenge. And I'm not saying whether or not you know we think individually each of those decisions was right or wrong, but I'm saying that yeah. in both instances, players have gone flying in and people have complained that the referee has had paramount in his mind the protection of the welfare of the player. And either we want skillful players like Wilf to be protected, or we don't. And if we don't, then it's fine for players to go flying in, and we can complain all we want about players like uh, Mane being sent off, and like players like Jagielka being sent off for that challenge. On the flip side, if we want players to be protected, it will mean that there will be plenty of red cards where we are up in arms about the fact that the referee has erred more towards caution yeah. in protecting the player than in allowing something that's quite full-blooded to go in. But you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But the Kapui one, for example, was not an attempt to play the ball. That was, no. an, attempt, that yeah. was a, an attempt to hurt somebody. And I thought Robbie Savage, of all people, put his finger on it when he said in 6 or 6 my job was to annoy players mm. my job was to niggle players get in their face it wasn't to go out and deliberately attempt to hurt them yeah. and people have de- deliberately attempted to hurt Wilf that's what Wilf says he's, he's scared out there yeah. and I thought it was interesting that we, we we talked after the Watford game about how Palace players didn't didn't surround the ref didn't say that's a bad tackle which they clearly did at the Huddersfield game so clearly they over listened to the pod or somebody said to them you have to let the ref know I think they listened to and the pod but, you, <laughs> but, you, but you also you'd like to that's why I'd love to it just so annoys me that Mike Riley or the referee's boss doesn't come out and say well this is this is the referee's point of view. This is how it is interpreted. Because you think the referee saw that. How did he not? How is that not a red card? Yeah. Well, there was how, obviously there, on the Premier League. On there was five games picked for VAR. For VAR yeah, yeah. I don't think the Palace game was one of them. And obviously, it doesn't no. matter because it wasn't used. But surely that foul on Wilf uh, on VAR review then, would have been a red. But yeah. then uh, the other reason he's going to get frustrated is, is Ian Wright and Alan Shearer on match of the day say we well, should take it as a compliment. Which no, is, they, well, you know, you take it as a comment when you're lying in a hospital well, bed. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah great. it's just it's just shocking. I'm, I'm really be, good. I've got a broken leg. Can't yeah, play for And then they're talking about oh yeah, and again they do that figure. Well, we should have been playing when we were playing. Oh, I mean, yeah, I just yeah, don't, I don't think Wilf needs to be kicked in the knee to know that he's quite good at football. Well, that, yeah, I would imagine he's yeah. probably intuitively aware <laughs> yeah, of that. It's a compliment to double mark him. It's a compliment yeah, exactly, to yeah. Yeah. or to be booed. Or to be booed. Yeah, exactly. But to to deliberately. Yeah, and as it said, I don't think the Huddersfield player deliberately set out to hurt him. He just got done by Wolf. <laughs> Wolf did it for pace, basically, and yeah. he kicked out of where he thought Wilf was. But you know but what? But you know what? The Kapoor one was, was but malicious. She, but yeah. what? But what Wilf did? He conjured up out of nothing that yeah. goal. Yeah, he and might he, not. And, have, you know, he, and he could. And that is the way that you want a player to. Well, react I think. To something like I think that. Hodgson himself implied that he may not have scored that goal if he hadn't been tackled. Yeah, well, like I, 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 I yeah. tend to agree with Roy. I think so. Well, yeah, but you want, you want. We've had this so many times on the board. You want Wilf to react to this that treatment in the right way, which that was obviously. Mm. But there's a level of treatment. We yeah, don't want him not being able to react to it because he's got a broken leg. Yeah. The thing I find a bit frustrating, and there are a few other instances of it, is this kind of refereeing by percentages. The referee going with what is probably 80% likely to gain no controversy. And so disallowing that goal that Kiata ends up bundling in yeah. is less likely to create long-term controversy yeah. than getting it wrong the other way yeah. and allowing something that could potentially be, if he's got it wrong, a foul on the goalkeeper yeah. and a game-affecting change. And game-changing sort of thing, things happen. And similarly, 
the challenge on, on Wilf that's made by, I can't remember who it was. Was I it Van Le Parra? I can't remember. Like it that. was, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, sending the player off there is a really assertive and decisive move, but one that could, if he's got it wrong, end up creating quite a bit more controversy and getting him a bit more censure than taking the more risk-averse approach of just booking him. And I find it frustrating because referees need to be brave as well. You know, they need to, he's, he's seen in, in the instance of the disallowed goal very little contact because there was mm. none. He, can't, he yeah. can't have seen any contact there. And similarly, he's seen that Will's been absolutely clattered. And he has to, certain instances, and this applies to plenty of refs recently that I've seen, that they need to be bolder in some of the decisions that they're making and, and not fear the media outcry if they get something wrong. Well, there's also this terrible, uh, and some quite decent journalists have been saying it, this terrible implication of, well, if Wilf hadn't been a diver in the first place, that's why. And it's like, well, A, he's not. And B, yeah. what difference does that make? Because they're, they're implying that the referees are going, well, he's possibly up to his old tricks again. And look at Because one, one pundit said, look at the way he's arriving about on the ground. So he's just been kicked in yeah, the knee. His ankle has been torn You can almost see the, the tear in his heart. Of course, he was like the, the Kapuri thing. He's arriving on the ground. He should be getting up, punching the bloke in the face. If that happened to him in a pub, he'd react. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really difficult to say, oh, you can't react to that. The man could have ended his career. Yeah. Of course, he's going to react. And other Palace players are going to react as well. And it's like, in the end, I think Andy's right, you have to have the balance between protecting players and it being a physical game but they, those two tackles cro- crossed that so line would you still would you still go I mean okay two questions come out of this would you still have given a red to, it was Jorgensen that fouled would you, right. would you given him a red bearing in mind that I think we agreed that the it wasn't as it wasn't malicious as the um, oh, well, it was one, a straight red in the, in the terms of, yeah it was <laughs> for I was, dangerous play I was less angry about that one than the Kapui one which which any Watford fan who tries to defend that is, should be ashamed of themselves because you simply can't yeah. you can't and the more times you see it the worse the worse it becomes and the fact that I mean that's why I wanted it was, I, I hoped that the ref the PGMOL was a public body so you could do a, <laughs> uh, a freedom of information just to see the referee's report see yeah. the referee because you you simply want to, you simply wonder what it was that Anthony Taylor thought he saw happen yeah there because he, well, he was right there, wasn't he? Yeah, he was right there. And, and if people go, oh, it's too early in the game, it's like so basically some of the pundits, ex players, Danny Murphy's too early in the game. So you're giving carte blanche, you say you can yeah, do yeah. what you want no, to do. No, that's, that's, a, that's a ridiculous excuse. Of course, what you're saying to Will, to, to defenders is you can do what you want to Will for the first, first 15 10, minutes, yeah, yeah. and then um, somebody else can have a go. And my second question is then, would, would you then back VAR if VAR came in if it meant retrospective action or red cards for that, and then thus in the long run more protection? shouldn't you've had retrospective action in the past without VAR I don't mean retrospective sorry. I mean but, like on, you know, VAR on the spot well, still, the, the trouble is though it's really the only it's only really offside and that you can absolutely 100 fun I agree percent. because you get something like so, that and it is down to your own it's down interpretation I think yeah, the yeah. Kapui one you can it's, and I, I personally then, don't don't advocate its use in, in league competition because I think you've got so many games over the course of a season that one injustice yeah. isn't going to cause yeah, the end to your league yeah, season yeah, yeah. But but I'm talking about protection e- of Wilf no but e- equally I, I think that's going to be one of those instances where it's very very apparent very quickly after viewing that footage that that guy has raked his studs down the back of yeah. Wilf's Achilles and it might be that the ref because of his angle or whatever has just seen it as a clip on on the ankle or has sort of thought that he's tread, trod on his heel accidentally or something yeah. but that can be cleared up very very quickly so I, I'm personally not in favour of its its use at league level but that does at least provide some sort of ammunition in support of it yeah Okay, oh, so we've had, we've had a few questions from people on this, uh, including from Travelling Mikey. Hi, oh, Travelling Mikey. I wonder where he's travelling. Um, he says, uh, what sort of impact will Will's interview have 
on the protection in brackets or lack thereof he gets from referees and the treatment he gets from defenders do you think we'll see a reaction then does in the next well few I weeks? just think it was I think it was uh, the first thing that you really noticed about is that the BBC actually put it on it's not that he said it because you know they that they all say you know and it was actually on match of the day Will talking about it they used it and they spoke about it yeah I think I think it will have an effect to the fact that it'll just make people talk about it it opens it open I think maybe ne- next weekend there'll be another player that's happening to and maybe people will start talking about it I, I don't will it have a long term effect I don't know well, Sky Sky showed it was obviously considered newsworthy because Sky showed it mm. about ten minutes oh, really? after the the game stopped it, it, during the result sequence yeah right it's, it's, it's a strong quote it's a really strong yeah, just telling said we got some really interesting words from. Yeah, but Wilf didn't do it deliberately to to plant the idea of referee because the, no. the the guy asking the question, the guy says you're getting some really rough treatment out there. He was really good in the fact that, that I just been, really don't know what to say. Yeah, I mean, so, so he was responding. I don't know what to say. He was responding to a question. He didn't initiate it. <coughs> he was responding to a question, and obviously he was delighted to be given the opportunity to say. Mm. And he's quite right. Well, all he said was, "What what has to happen? I have to break my leg before." Yeah. I get a red card and it's, it's as well because it's, it's the same thing that what Anthony Taylor booking him at Watford for what then turned out as VAR would have showed you was an absolute stonewall tackle yeah. proper tackle got the ball mm, yeah. so that's so of course he's getting frustrated and of course he's going to start leaving the foot in and it's, I, but I, I think it's really interesting I don't think any referee would want to be seen to be reacting to Wolf saying those things because whatever happens if somebody fails Wilf on, on Saturday gets a red card Benitez will be on telly straight away going well, yeah, Wilf, because of yeah. Zahar got that but, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Not, that's not a red card so it might not, work yeah, against so him it might have to be you know a seriously bad tackle I, to... I think there's a journalist on the Sunday supplement thing who basically said once you've got a reputation in football it's really hard to shake it off and yeah. for rightly or wrongly Wilf has got a reputation like AJ used to have Wilf's got a reputation for going down too easily for looking for penalties in the box, and that reputation sticks with with refs. I worry if it means it? the next few games, Andy, that he is going to be targeted even more. Well, he's targeted pretty <laughs> virulently. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, I don't uh, think he can be targeted anymore. <laughs> look, anything that brings a bit more uh, public emphasis upon it, and potentially more vigilance from referees, can't I? Don't think be a bad thing. He's he's got the reputation now, rightly or wrongly. I don't think this sort of instance of giving a, a few quotes that are quite noteworthy is going to particularly change that and if it means that referees are going oh do you know what those last two challenges have been really bad I need to keep my eye out for the severity of the challenges that are going in on him I don't necessarily see it as being particularly a bad thing and, and there was a really interesting quote in Roy's press conference he just said half of Will's problem is he's got such a strong sense of justice yeah, yeah. That, and he was using it in the context of opposition fans and I have to say yeah. that when I went to the Huddersfield game last season I was particularly surprised that how they were managing to howl in derision at some of the most uncontentious decisions you could ever see. Right, but yeah. but, but <laughs> yeah. he was saying, well, you know, Wilf takes it really personally that he yeah. gets a huge amount of abuse from crowds when decisions are given in his favour. But that applies as much to, you know, the referee's decisions yeah. as well. Wilf has this sense of justice and he doesn't like the idea of being treated unfairly. And you can't train that out someone. No, you can't. No, no. You, you can't, can't just go, yeah. Wilf, you need to be a really acerbic and cynical person. No, it's nice. It's nice to know that he's got that. Yeah, it makes yeah. me even more proud of him. But I think where it might work in his favour is that Benitez might be saying to his players, look, don't, you know, the referee's going to be watching out for this, so don't lunge in. Yeah. Don't, you know, stay on your feet. You know, trying to so maybe maybe that it might help in that sort of not necessarily that referees will be paying more attention, but their defence might be. You know, he might be saying, "Look, 
be a bit care- be a bit clever and a bit careful. Well, I because so. I don't think any forward would mind. It's like Robbie said, you know, if you're getting a little sly elbow in the back or you're getting pulled, that's fine. That's what attackers yeah. expect. But it's when, of course, he's going to feel aggrieved if somebody's deliberately trying to hurt him. And it's disappointing to know that other footballers will do that to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but the trouble is, it all comes back to, to circuit to exactly what uh, Enders was saying earlier on is that teams. Obviously, you've got it in their head. We stop as a whole, we win the game. Yeah. Well, and it's true. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah. But it's and true. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And, it might, and it might be as well. That it, they, they think well, we'll take a red card, and as long as we take Zahar out, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. another. another so that's p- what has to. What has to happen is that we have to win a game without Wilf, and then and then and then that monkey's off the back, and then yeah, we're actually yeah. there's more there's less yeah. pressure. Yeah. Another player that returned was uh, James Tompkins, who came yeah. back from injury. Obviously, coincides with another clean sheet. Enders. Yeah. I asked Roy post match, is he as important? to Palace as Wilf Roy sort of sidestepped that in the way he does but yeah. well, what do you think because without I'm Tompkins a, I'm we've a, actually I'm a big lost more points you know, I'm a big big fan of Tompkins I think he's underrated I think he's a leader and I think he he, he sorts that defence out I'm not the mass biggest fan of Sacco you see I, I, I worry every time Sacco mm. looks at the ball never mind touches it <laughs> Do you know I mean, I really yeah. do. You it's, know, the way he sizes, it's the way he sizes the ball I up just, before, he, just, before he approaches he's the He's a quality defender he's, he, he is a quality defender but with that you get at least one moment every game, yeah. maybe two, where he could lose the game for you. Tompkins there makes me feel a lot more comfortable. Tompkins and Seco together, yes, is what works. Yeah, yeah, somehow. Which is which yeah. is what you want. <laughs> we, we, it is summer, but we—I don't think we'd have lost against Southampton. And, and you know, it's it's Tompkins. really yeah, simple. Exactly. We can talk and talk and talk about football, all, all the different parameters of it, and, but it always boils down to that spine. It's that spine yeah. of any yeah. team. It's that spine. If you got Tompkins part of that spine, then I'm a lot happier than if he's not there. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, also Sacco, Sacco's clearly happy with Tom, with Tompkins yeah, well, here because he knows that Tompkins is his get out of jail card. Yeah, and also Tompkins is as good as Harry Dry. Is as good as anybody that went to the World Cup. As, as a, and as I think another player that looks more comfortable yeah. is, is Wamba Saka. Yeah, Tompkins plays yeah. on the right of that, that yeah, to yeah. Yeah. and talks to him. And I think yeah, you yeah. need and that again, with your we, younger we, developing players. I'm saying this earlier in the pod because it took a long time in the last pod for it to be mentioned. Uh, Hennessy's happy with Tompkins and. So okay. we haven't got time to go into Hennessy. Yeah, and again, Hennessy, <laughs> Hennessy had a perfectly competent game. Mm, were, you, were, you, were, you, were you sort of facing the other way from the pitch? Because uh, that, that was not do you what happened. Do, do you want to do a Hennessy review? It's been a while. No, I'd, I'd, re- I'd really rather it. not. Oh, okay. I'd really rather not. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm quite pissed off with the extent of tweets I get every time he makes a save. Because, of course, the fact that uh, a goalkeeper making a save is so noteworthy and... <laughs> I think you should, Palace should be paying you because clearly you've worked as a, your psychology's worked a yeah forget Dean Kiley yeah you, it's you you can't destroy him everything I mean, he does is to annoy you I'm an, e- I'm an egomaniac and a narcissist but I'm not that much of an egomaniac and a narcissist to think that Wayne Hennessy's marginal improvement at the end of last well, season is down I to me I heard there's a lot of balls in training got your face on them <laughs> <laughs> that's why that could be that's taken the wrong way <laughs> it has been Oh, there's a lot of faces in training that got your... Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, tell you what, let's, uh, let's wrap up there on that before that gets weird. Um, but so it was a brilliant... But to, it was three really, really, really good points. Oh, three good points. Three good For points. Of course, yeah, yeah much needed. Uh, yeah. Massively after yeah, that run But as a well. very poor performance. But that's fine, yeah, but that's the first, fine. But it's the first real... Well, Southampton was a poor performance. Southampton was poor, but... Yeah. This was resonant. to have this such a good performance and get three points. Come on, yeah. we, yeah. we should not be moaning against like a team like that. We should be beating them, it's, really. Yeah, and it's already put a little bit of a gap between us and the three teams at the bottom, yeah, which is what yeah. you we want got to see. Six points six out of points five out games. Of five. Yeah, that's, yeah, all right. yeah. that's all right. A ratio wide, you'd take that, wouldn't you? So. Yeah. I'll if take we that. if we get a win on Saturday and we're three and three, that'll be I'll yeah. take. I'll happily mm. take that. Okay. Although I am getting a little bit fed up with people. Yeah, compared to this time last season. 
Well, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get yeah. that for seven games, aren't we? Yeah. So. Probably anyway, seven years. Anyway, revert- <laughs> when, when are we going to revert to the mean? Uh, when we start losing matches that we deserve to win. At the moment, we're probably... Okay. Well, right. Although, I think we probably, we probably deserve to win against Fulham, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, deserve to beat Fulham. We, we deserve yeah, yeah. to beat Watford And we deserve a point well. against Liverpool. Um, Watford second Maybe half. deserved a draw. For, for, yeah, yeah, there's something yeah. from Watford. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's hear from uh, Mr. Andy Johnson, who Ooh. I spoke to earlier today. This is him talking about Palace at the moment, Roy, Wilf, and the CPFC for Life Marathon March. Andy Johnson, Andrew Johnson, AJ. What do you anything, prefer? anything you want to call me, AJ, Andy, <laughs> AJ, AJ. Let's go, with AJ. Welcome to the podcast. Cheers, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. Really good. good Absolute man. pleasure to be on. Top man. Now we're here to talk about the Palace for Life Foundation Marathon March. Yep. Which is uh, coming up 13th of October. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling about it? Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Not as nervous as I was last year. Uh, I've obviously done it once now and experienced it. So. A lot of training last year, a lot of uh, walking before, a lot of uh, nervous runs on the treadmill, but I'm feeling a lot more comfortable this year. So I know what to expect. Uh, I obviously know it's a fantastic day and actually a little bit more excited about it this year rather than nervous. I mean, how was last year for you? Uh, Yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, When I got to kind of Q Q Bridge down towards the Thames was was like a lonely place, Was, was... Really I think tough it was for a lot of us. Yeah, it was really tough. Uh, my hips started to go, uh, started to get a little bit nervous that I weren't going to finish it. But listen, it's one of them days where everyone pulls together for the right reasons. Uh, it's a fantastic social day, and you know the little stop-offs in kind of Wimbledon Common, Richmond Park, uh, kind of Kensington High Street. Uh, you know, it ends up being being a real good, real good social day, and everyone pulls together and obviously pulls each other through. Yeah, because there's loads of Palace fans doing it. You're there, you're mixing with Palace fans, you know. Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was just, it was, you know, talk about current stuff, talk about old stuff. It, you know, it's kind of mixture of kind of personal life and you know, kind of everything really. So, you know, you kind of end up getting around kind of everyone throughout the whole day and spending a good chunk because it's such a long period of time. I don't know what the actual time was last year. Was it? It was, was like it, all day. Was it eight, eight nine hours? hours? Yeah, it it's felt like a, like a working yeah. day. So eight, eight, nine hours is like a long time and you know obviously 100 and 103 104 people you end up getting around and spending a good chunk of time with everyone which is which is which is obviously great for me yeah because you get to you get to sit on the other side of the fence of the fans for a decent period of time you know you kind of cross fans in your in like your career speak to them outside the car park have a few chats and a few pictures but not like I did last year so that was nice as well is that is that one of the best things about the day then because obviously you know we're all doing this thing we're all you know none of us are professional walkers professional marathon runners yeah so and we're all kind of there sort of pulling each other through in a way yeah definitely uh i think it is you know it's 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 definitely a unique experience you know what i mean something that i've never never done experienced you know the different emotions that like you go through through being nervous to start off with through being absolutely exhausted knackered tired lonely but then the excitement and 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 i I suppose like the proudness at the end when like you cross the line do you know what i mean and uh like that feeling to to know that you've finished it and and also achieve what 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 like the club set out to achieve for obviously the uh, community absolutely I, mean, I think we can all agree it's harder than a natural marathon isn't it yeah yeah it's, it's much tough. harder yeah it's tough yeah it's tough you're walking it so it's longer it, it is more longer pressure on the yeah if you run it it obviously you know a little bit more on the joints but it's over in half the time so yeah <laughs> yeah it was horrible yeah, i remember sure. at the end steve Parrish obviously did the last few miles came to the pub bought everyone a round of drinks and i was sat outside and i couldn't get up and he was like 
Look at you, you're ridiculous. You can't even get that. I was like, Steve, you did five miles, mate. I know. He rocked up at the end for the last <laughs> six miles, crossed the finish line like he was the king. But now, to be fair, like, what chairman, what chairman I know, or what chairman does yeah. anyone know that would, you know, that would turn up and, yeah. you know, he signed up to do the whole year this year. So uh, the uh, the uh, whole like race. So what a guy, you know. He's like one of the lads, and uh, you know, he's really his connection with the fans is incredible. His love for the club is great. And I don't know any other chairman that would that yeah. would do a 26 marathon walk for the foundation. Do you know what I mean? There's and not, he did, he not did many put money out there. behind the bar as well. Yeah, of course. And he put the money behind the bar, which is great. Uh, yeah, and it's you know it's just a good old all like round day for the club. Really yeah. good. So we've got a few other ex pros doing it this year. We got Brighty's doing it. He's going to struggle. He's going to struggle. Um, who else? Ships is doing it. Is Ships doing it? I think is Shipley doing it. Oh, I think so. I think he's doing half of it. Okay. I think he's doing half of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Well, that'd be good. I mean, he's such a such a good lad. He's good. He? Yeah, he's good. You he's get good some, you, get, you get some decent stories off ships. You know what I mean? <laughs> some decent stories. There'll be a so big group just walking with ships. I bet you any money he's doing the second half, only because he wants to end, <laughs> yeah. he wants to end up in the pub. Then he wants to a parish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's definitely doing the second half. Um, who else we got doing it this year? Oh, and Sasa Church. Oh, Sasa, Sasa. Oh, cool. Good. An- another good. character. Yeah, we got very some good. characters doing yeah, this year. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, gosh, there'd be some. Yeah, be some good banter this year. Be be like decent. Good stuff. As an ex pro, do you kind of you feel a bit of pressure? Like I need to probably be good at this like I need to do well yeah nah not really not really uh, yeah you do feel the pressure because obviously you're you know kind of uh, kind of a, f- a feature for the club yeah. uh, kind of an icon for the club kind of you know kind of a front runner kind of headed it up last year so yeah, yeah I don't think it would have overly looked that great if I'd have dipped out after 18, 19k so yeah. yeah you do feel that pressure that you have to finish it and uh, I think a personal thing for me as well to you know I'm not very good with failure, so <laughs> whether I would have got over that line by hook or by crook. Yeah. So you'd have, yeah. called, you'd have called over. Yeah, definitely for sure. It, I guess that's what, is that thing that pushed you through in your career anyway. Is that, is that kind of thing that drives footballers? That kind of fear yeah, of failure. Yeah, definitely. A bit? I think like you know when you have that winning mentality as you know as a sportsman, you have to have that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to have that hunger and desire to you know to want to achieve stuff and want to you know want to complete certain goals in like your career and I think that you know that that you know that don't just go overnight because you retire I think that kind of stays with you you know that's part of you that's part yeah. of your mentality and I think you ask any of the boys that you know any of the boys that might be you know looking to kind of retire in the next couple of years you know that will like stick with them forever yeah you know whether they're in the gym and it's just doing a 12 minute run and they haven't done nothing for three years they will do that 12 minute run because you know it, you know it's something psychologically that they're yeah it, is installed into them from 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 like a young age. But that's what made them get to the, the top or get to whatever level they played. For. Yeah, I think you need that. Yeah, yeah. I think every sportsman needs that. And that's why I still play Sunday league. <laughs> <laughs> Never progressed past that. I'm playing Sunday league now. Are you? Well, no, not Sunday league. I'm playing uh, a little bit of vets football, a little okay. bit of stuff on, just 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 to keep fit. Yeah. And standing on a treadmill for 12 minutes in the gym is is. It's boring. It's, it's half lonely an hour. again. Yeah, it's, it is. You know, so chasing after that round thing with a bit of leather around <laughs> it is is so much more exciting. I'm, a, I'm one year from vets football, so I'm oh. very excited <laughs> to be the young guy again, okay. the young yeah, sprightly yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, no. In theory. Yeah, you get frowned upon when like you go in early. <laughs> you get frowned upon by the old guys. Proper frowned upon. Um, what are you uh, looking forward to most about about this year's marathon march? Uh, just again, just meeting different people, meeting different fans. Uh, being obviously a part of, 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 you know, obviously a team building thing that's obviously achieving something for the club that I love, do you know what I mean, and yeah. paid for and, you know, kind of spent most of my career at, uh, you know, where a club where I made my name, a club where I finished, uh, 
and yeah, it's just you know for everything it ticks you know it ticks all like the boxes and what like the club are doing in the community building building projects for the youth is you know is obviously fantastic. So yeah, it's, yeah. you know it's fantastic to be a part of it. It's a pleasure because the Palace for Life Foundation is growing and they do a lot of great stuff. We've had Gary on in the pod. We've had Soy on the pod previously. Mm. Talk about the work they do. Yeah, I guess that's kind of something that drives you forward doing these these activities as well because they're yeah, doing definitely. such good things for a club that means a lot to you. Yeah, the club's definitely going in the right direction and it's doing things the right way to build for the community that's supports it week in week out you know the clubs the clubs certainly going in like the right direction all you got to do is look at look at how long they've established themselves now in the premier league look at the stadium that's going on look at everything that's going on with the foundation you know you can only be excited for the club so yeah you know it's fantastic to play a part even though it's you know it's hard to play a part in everything but the certain things that obviously i do commit to and obviously i do get asked to do is you know it's great you know i really enjoy it fantastic so utilitor have signed up to sponsor the pod again yeah. is that again i think and £10,000 being raised already, and we are still looking for people to sign up. Yeah. Uh, I think the deadline is Sunday the 23rd after the Newcastle game. Yeah. You can sign up at palaceforlife.org. And yeah, and you can obviously t- uh, sign up to the, to the walk and spend most of your time walking past me and walking with AJ. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have you got any tips for anyone that's, that's either doing it this year or is thinking about doing it this year? Yeah, trainers. Just make sure your footwear is decent. You know, that's the biggest thing. Make sure your footwear is good. If you can get some compression skins on, even as a guy, you know, don't feel what, don't, what are they? don't feel you like tights, legging tights. Oh, okay. Don't don't feel like you're gonna look stupid, but you know, it does it does really help. You know, I turned up in a pair last year and people are looking me up and down, I'm thinking I look a bit of a nutter here, do you know what I mean? But it you know, it does help. Uh, yeah. you know, they're you know, they're really proven now all of the all of all of like the boys wear them after games, they you know, they wear them to fly in. So yeah, compression skins, decent decent trainers, uh, and obviously there's plenty of water breaks and stuff anyway, so yeah. yeah. Compression skins. I've never heard the phrase compression skins before. Yeah, I've compression learned something. skins. Yeah, so people. Yeah, so they wear them to flying now. So if you wear, do like long distance flying. Yeah. So what does it uh, do then? What does it? It just literally compresses all. Yeah, it just. I don't know. <laughs> it, it works. It I don't works. know. It works. I was just about to try and explain it then, like I understood it, but it, I don't. But good. I know they're good. Yeah. <laughs> They're good. Good stuff. Okay, so obviously you're back as an ambassador at Palace at yep. the moment. Talk to us about a bit about that. Are you enjoying that? What sort of stuff do you do? Yeah, enjoying it. Obviously get down to a few games. Not not got down to as many this season. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great to be amongst the club. It's great to do uh, a few bits and bobs for the club and, you know, kind of help out and go and do some lounges at games and, you know, go up in like the Legends Lounge and, and again, talk and, talk and socialise with fans. You know, it's great. It's... Uh, you know, it's a good opportunity for me to stay a part of the club. Mm. It's great. I've still got two kids that still love football yeah. and still and still remember me playing for Crystal Palace because that was where one of them was born. Uh, so it's nice for him to be able to come back and and obviously see uh, the club, how he like remembers it, and when I was playing for it. So yeah, you know, it kind of ticks boxes all around, and. Uh, yeah, it's just really nice to stay a part of a club that obviously, you, you know, you really appreciate. Because obviously you played for a few clubs in your career, but mm. yeah, it's a special connection to Palace, isn't it? That's kind of, is that the club that kind of people most associate you with? I think so, yeah. I think when I joined Palace, I was a little bit under pressure or on the way out in terms of, you know, kind of Birmingham City just got promoted, Crystal Palace. You were so young, though. Yeah, I was really young. I was really young and I was struggling to establish myself at Birmingham City, even though I come through as quite a popular figure there. I was like a young lad that come through the academy and kind of burst onto the scenes. Yeah. But it kind of died a death after 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 a couple of years and I was kind of just floating and just kind of rotten, really, to be honest with you. And obviously... Birmingham City got promoted. Crystal Palace finished just just above the relegation zone that season. Yeah. So, at the time, it looked like it was a little bit of a step back in my career. But it was, 
it was a club that gave me an opportunity. It was a club that gave me a platform to go and to you know to go and prove myself. And it was you know it was Crystal Palace that that gave me that opportunity, uh, where I obviously established myself as a first team regular, and obviously broke into the England squad. So yeah. so for me, that's 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 probably the biggest biggest connection I have to the club in terms of you know the opportunity that they gave me. There weren't there weren't many with their heart, with like their hands out saying they want to sign Andrew Johnson at that period of time. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, because you, jo- you joined as a, as a make-weight, really, in the Morrison deal, and yeah. you left as the club's record sell. Yeah, definitely. You know, I can remember clear as day, I had a, you know, the kind of meeting with Steve Bruce, and he said, look, you know, I want, you know, I want Clinton, and Trevor Francis wants you. And he said, if you don't go, you, you know, you're going you're, you're to be training with the kids. Uh, and I said, can you explain to me why? And he said, well, Clinton's, Clinton's, uh, Clinton is a proven championship goal scorer. And if we go back down, I need a striker who's going to score me goals in the championship to get me back up. And I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't argue with that. Yeah. I couldn't argue with that. I wasn't proven at the time. So, yeah, it was time to, time to not train with the kids and <laughs> kick on. But it was almost like the, it was perfect timing for you and perfect timing for Palace, yeah. really, because we were kind of, we'd had that kind of couple of seasons just sort of sitting around mid-table, and then suddenly you come along. Yeah. And and, and we're up. And yeah. we have that crazy run under Dowie. Yeah. And it was almost like you needed that time to prove yourself. Yeah. Palace needed to prove themselves. Yeah. And then suddenly we got on this incredible run together. It was, yeah. like, it was like serendipity. Yeah, for sure. And it was a time where I had to get my head down as well and work hard. I knew that I was kind of, you know, I was probably going out too much when I was at Birmingham. And, you know, I started to started to get a bit more professional. started to rein it in. started to stay in after uh, training. You know, Ian Dowie had me and Wayne Routledge, Julian Gray, staying behind after every session. Hitting, hitting a square that was spray painted on the wall with like our left foot. You know, we was doing yeah. it constantly, constantly, constantly. And you know, the repetition just gives you confidence. And you know, everything just clicked that season when Ian Dowie come. Everything just clicked, and there was a belief uh, and a togetherness that I've never felt at any other club. Yeah. A- any other club, you know, you just get that. You know, you might get them once, twice, maximum three times in your career where you get in a team. And you just have that unbelievable role and that unbelievable belief, and uh, yeah, obviously the first time. Is that just is that just luck, or is that just from the manager, or is that just the right players at the right time? I think it's I I I think it's a mixture of everything. I think everyone. I think it's the right players at the right time. I think you need to have players that are going to buy into what the manager wants to do, and everyone needs to buy into it. You don't need two or three that don't want to buy into it because it causes a problem. Uh, and then you have to, uh, you know, then then players ultimately become isolated, and it causes a little bit of friction around the dressing room and stuff like that. But yeah, everyone that was there bought into it. You know, we were swimming at six, seven in the morning. We was boxing wow. at three in the afternoon. And if you told a lot of professional bo- players these days to kind of do that regime, they'd probably take to piss off. Yeah. Excuse like my language, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. they probably would. And we had every single player that bought into that. Yeah. And they bought into it with passion, heart, hunger, and desire. And I think. We- with, with that formula and 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 obviously uh, you know the fans and everything that we had at that time you know you know it just clicked yeah because it's funny isn't it I, I found myself saying throughout my Palace supporting career oh Dowie got the players believing oh Pulis got the players believing oh Padre got the players believing it sounds like a cliche and it almost sounds too obvious but is that, is that true yeah I think so I think I think again you, you know you need to buy into what the manager wants to do I think if you buy into what the manager wants to do and you stick with it and you know the manager's got the resources within the players to obviously act and yeah. and, and 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 obviously put that into real life practice you, you know you've 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 got every chance you know it's not worth trying to play out from the back if you ain't got players that can play out from the back yeah. do you understand what I mean yeah. but what I'm saying so is if he's trying to do that resources. and the manager has got them resources and the players buy into it you get it from both sides 
It's funny, isn't it? You can have all these talented squads, but if you literally just don't have players working hard, believing, doing yeah, the basics, sure. it all falls apart. For sure, it's not worth your front three working hard if the two behind you aren't going to work hard yeah. because it breaks down. Yeah. You know, so you need everyone to buy into that. You know, you need to everyone to buy into when we're going to press and when you're not going to press, when we're going to sit off, when we're going to shuffle, when we're going to, you know, so all of that. And I think if you get that clicked and you work on that daily, 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 you know, people say, what's like your best training sessions? And I hear pros say, yeah, I love it when it's a box and it's a five-a-side. I used to think that when I was younger. Yeah. I used to hate doing unopposed shape, but unopposed shape is what gets teams organised. Yeah. You know, Tony Pulis, uh, Ian Dowies, uh, Roy Hodgson's, yeah. they do 45 minutes, 50 minutes every single day of unopposed shape. Yeah. And you think it's boring. You know, you actually say, gosh, you know, you say to the assistant manager, any chance of getting a five-a-side today? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, no, he ain't going to do five-a-side. He's going to do yeah. 45 minutes of shape. Yeah. And that's what you do. And you don't appreciate that until you go to another club and do five-a-sides every day, but yeah. go out on a Saturday and feel so unorganised yeah, yeah. and feel so exposed. When you do your unopposed shape, you know exactly what you're doing on a Saturday. You know exactly the distances between the back four, the you know, like the midfield, yeah. you know, your middleman, your wide man, your striker. And, and, and you, you're so organised, you're so, you know, it, you're just so organised and you just know exactly what you're going to do. And I just think that, that yeah, if you've got that, if so you've got that and everyone buys into it, You've, you know, you've certainly got Are half there a chance. Then on a Saturday where a move happens or something happens and you think that's literally come from million times, 45. million times. I can remember being at Fulham and we used to do this unopposed play with Roy Hodgson every single, every single day and it would be three or four different patterns of play and one day just the ball went into the fullback. It goes into Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy flips it around the corner to Damien Duff. As soon as it goes into Damien Duff, I know exactly where it's going because Damien yeah. Duff's left footed but playing on like a right side. Yeah. So it's gone into Damien Duff. Damien Duff's flicked it around the corner first time to Bobby Zamora. And as it's going into Bobby, I'm getting around the front of Bob and I'm making a little run in behind. Bobby's just said it off to Moussa Dembele. Moussa Dembele's played it down like the corner for me and I've hit a shot and it hasn't gone in. But little things like that, yeah. you see that and you think that is straight off the training ground. Yeah. That's not fluke. Yeah. That's not luck. Yeah. That, is, that, is, that is hard work every single day and every player buying into that type of football. Yeah. And I think that's what makes you successful. So last season when that was happening for Palace, we had Ruben you know, flicking it on and uh, Benteke you know, doing his bits and Wilf and PVA doing their bits. That would have come from Roy Definitely. on the training ground. For sure, bits, yeah. Which obviously you'd For have sure. seen having worked with For Roy. sure, and it takes time. You know, Roy ain't going to install that overnight. He ain't going to install that in six, seven, eight weeks. That's going to take months and months of work. And it's going to take, you know, he but might not. pay off. Yeah, of course. And there might, you know, and, it, and, 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 and this is what I don't get about managers being sacked after, you know, kind of five, six weeks. I do understand it's a results business. But at the same time, it takes a manager a while to get that stamp. As a manager, you need that bit of luck in the first six yeah, weeks yeah, yeah. because you need a few results just to buy you a bit of time. Yeah. I think if you go into a manager's job and you lose the first seven, eight, it becomes tough. Yeah. But, you know, look at Palace's results at the start of last season and now look at them now. Look how structured they are. Look how organised they are. Look how hard they are to beat. You know, going away to Huddersfield last week, not an easy game. Yeah. But, you know, were they the better team? It was, you know, it was a close game. It was, yeah. It was a really close game. Huddersfield were a decent team, but you need that little bit of rubber the green as well. So does that, all that then, does that make you think the Palace are going to be okay under Roy this season? So we've had a kind of a mixed start, those three defeats in a row. Without, without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Not only uh, Roy's style of football that I believe into and I bought into when I was at Fulham, but the players that he's got there, I just think he's got more than enough there yeah. to, you know, t I think they'll end up finishing way above mid-table. Really? I think so, yeah. Top 10? Uh, in in and around there, yeah. I think in between kind of fourteen and ten would be would would be a fantastic achievement. Yeah, a fantastic achievement for them. Uh, you know, for 
for obviously you look at last season was you know was, was like really close it was touch and go for a long time yeah touch it really and go was. it really was in, you know in this league it's so close you know two back-to-back wins is massive yeah you know a third win is you know is humongous yeah and it takes you way away from it yeah uh, and the longer the season goes on the more the pressure gets on to the people down at the bottom yeah. as obviously Palace experienced last year but yeah they've certainly got more than enough you know and they're there looking is, really good there is quality in that squad. I mean Wolf obviously is I believe the best player to have played for Palace yeah definitely uh, I think so as well I think his talent and his ability I'm so pleased he stayed yeah. I'm absolutely delighted he stayed uh, I wouldn't have wanted to see him go uh, you know, especially after how he struggled a little bit at Man United and struggled to settle up there. I just feel he's come back. He's got yeah. his mojo back. He's, he's, you know, he's full of confidence. You know, he's untouchable on his day. Absolutely yeah. untouchable. And, you know, everyone does talk about Wilf, but you have to appreciate the other 10 players around him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because Wilf don't work with it without them 10 players. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, he's a game changer. Yeah. And he's, you know, and he's a, a game like winner. And I think Palace lose that confidence psychologically when he's not playing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you can see it. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. And the stats suggest we, yeah. don't, we don't win without him. Yeah. I mean, there is so much quality in that squad, though. You look at you know players like Benteke. Obviously, he's had a tough couple of seasons. Did you ever have a barren spell like that? Yeah, for sure. Like for sure. And, you know, I think it's How easy. How do you sort of get through that psychologically? It's tough. It's tough. I always really struggled with it. I always really struggled. I used to beat myself up when I used to miss chances, uh, even when I was on a good spell and I'd score and then I'd miss another chance I would really beat myself up about yeah. it and it really used to affect me psychologically but you know I got told by I think it might have even been Dougie Friedman that just said like you know if you're not if, if the luck ain't going for you don't try and change anything I yeah. think if you try and change stuff and try and start doing things different you have to have confidence in like your you know your ability what's got you successful yeah. you know you've, you've got there for a reason doing certain things don't change it because you're getting anxious and you know you get nervous and you know kind of stuff like that so it is tough it is tough as a striker because people look at goals and they don't look at what else they do uh, you know aside from that and you're always going to be judged on goals as a striker and he's so doing those bits one. isn't he like he is you can he see is his hold up play, his, his hold up plays good uh, his hold up plays really good he you know he wins he, you know he wins stuff in the air you know he causes problems but at the same time it's, it's just unfortunate that he's always going to be judged on goals which yeah. is which is which is a shame do you miss do you miss playing no <laughs> you don't you don't get the urge no. if you go to a Palace game and uh, you're doing the work I do I'd be out there listen I miss I miss the day to day stuff and I think if I didn't have the problem with my knees and I didn't have the problems with like my body I think I'd be a little bit more chomping at the bit to want to play on longer and kind of like miss it more but it got it, it got really frustrating the back end of my career you know I kind of done like my right knee uh, never really kind of recovered from it properly I worked really hard to try and get back to where I needed to be lost a couple of yards of pace then I started to having to change my game so I couldn't get in behind anymore and that's what my game was relied on and then you kind of train two days your knee swells up you've got to miss a day then you play a game you've got to miss the following weekend because your knee so I just didn't get and for me my game was about pace speed energy and I needed to be training every single day to go into games knowing that I was 100% sharp and and I just couldn't replicate that towards the back end of my career so it did get a little bit frustrating you know I did have to start playing a little bit more in the hole it's not really me but you know it's something that and I think in the end you know you see young lads on the bench 17 18 year old I've had a fantastic career 22 22 years you know I've had a really good living out the game and I think sometimes I'm I'm kind of sat on the bench and I'm sat there and I'm thinking this could be a 16, 17 year old boy's chance. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm, I'm sat here rotting away and I'm taking his space. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, I think everything, ev- all, all, the, all the boxes were ticked, ticked in my head in terms of it was time to kind of pack up. 
and I just had a little girl as well so it was a great time to be able to do the stuff with Alessi that I didn't get the chance to do with Finney and Frankie yeah. so well obviously you've still got to put your body through the walk yeah 13th yeah. of October yeah sign up if, you, if you're listening to this and you feel like do you know what I fancy doing that I fancy walking with some Palace legends hearing some stories from Neil Shipley then sign up at palaceforlife.org <coughs> you've got until Sunday the 23rd which is this Sunday um, so that's it so what's your training like now for the walk no I'm, I'm working hard got, actually what we got a month, a, month, a month left less than a month yeah, less than a month left. I'd like, sort of to see, I'd like to see 200 people there. That's, yeah. that's obviously the club's goal. And we're so at, what, 150 now? We're at 150, so if we can get another 50, I'm working hard my end to try and get a few people from, from, from like back home to come and support it as well. So if everyone else uh, in, in, obviously, South London, Croydon, uh, South London area, Palace, yeah. whatever, push, yeah. push hard. Uh, it'd be great to get 200 there. It'd be a massive milestone for the club. And then next year, if we go again, we can, we, we, we can obviously build on that. So uh, hopefully get the whole of London doing it in a next few years. Who knows? Yeah, good man. Be good. Right, well, I'll see you on the 13th. Top man. Thanks for joining us on the pod, mate. Cheers, Cheers mate. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to part three of the FYP podcast. Hey. Hey. Flying along, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's pod whoosh, yeah. 265, sponsored by Vector Printing. For all your printing board means, go to vector.co.uk. Is Vector with us? Okay. <laughs> nice. And wow. JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-nice.com. I will. Um, I will, I will, I will. Like Christmas. No, come on. <laughs> Everywhere I will. Good. Um, so that was Andy Johnson there. Thank you very much to the foundation for setting us up there and giving us some time with AJ. Thanks to AJ for his time as well. Yeah, nice we'll one, We'll be AJ. seeing him in a few weeks on the march. We'll be seeing the back of him like we did last year. <laughs> <laughs> about, <two miles, laughs> about two miles behind him. Yeah, but then we can get a photo at the end and pretend yeah. we did the whole thing yeah. with him. Like we did Obviously, last Steve Parrish is so generous of buying drinks when he's naked um, after a 26-mile walk this time yeah. as well. Good stuff. Although, right? Is he doing the whole thing? He's doing yeah. the whole thing, and I'm I'm hoping to raise a bit of money by having side bets about whether any of his hair moves. Oh, thank you. Because I'm suspecting that it will be exactly the same after 26. Freddie's doing the first half a mile as well. Is he? Oh, yes, but walking, he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's good. It'll yeah, be very slow. <laughs> well, we won't get anywhere because we'll just be stopped by people going, oh, he's so cute. But what about Freddie? There they go. No. <laughs> Zing. Anyway, so if you Pull fancy... reveal, lovely. If you fancy doing the march, if, you've, if you listen to AJ and thought, I fancy taking part, you can sign up at palaceforlife.org. If you'd like to just sponsor us... And your money will obviously go to the good work the foundation does. You can do that via justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP podcast. And there are details there on prizes you can win with your donations. And if you're less able, you can you can also do walk half the distance or walk the last mile or... Or the first half mile. Or the first half mile, maybe. Yeah. So you can... And all the yeah, details are on yeah, palaceforlife.org. Yeah, so. yeah, I think it's important to point out that people can join in in different yeah, ways. Absolutely. Basically, if you want to get involved, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah pretty much, yeah, yeah. 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 And we would welcome you to do that. Yeah, and if you good, want to it's a good day. goof off at the back with us for Who's bringing okay. the snacks for that, by the way? Uh, you. You. Okay. Okay, I'll bring the snacks. Um, Question time then from our listeners, Uh, Davy Mansfield. Hi, Davy. Hi, Davy. Says, "Are we too forgiving of the other players for allowing us to be such a one-man team? Do they need to try harder? Is it the tactics, or are they not good enough? Plenty of quote-unquote worst teams seem to cope much better than us most weeks." What do you reckon make of that? I'm trying to work out what the question means first. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm Are we start... a one-man team because the rest aren't kind of mucking in? No, no I understand no. the question. I think I think this is actually, although Wilf's always been a really important player for us, this talk of us being a one-man team is 
is relatively new, and albeit based on absolutely solid statistics and facts. <laughs> yeah. But it's a relatively new, and you come back to the idea that we don't, it's not like we win every time Wilf plays. He's not, he's not Superman. Yeah, but we lose it, every time he Yeah, we do, we do, and that's, but that's, <coughs> you, you have to look at many things. You can look at seasons of recruitment. It's like, why haven't we got somebody to replace him? Why can't we play in a different way? It's not, the players are all Premier League quality players, but I don't think, much as I don't think Roy at the moment knows what his midfield three is, I, I generally think he doesn't. We there doesn't seem to be a, a way of playing that we get if Wilf does get injured. It's, so, and it's not as though the fo- it's not as though our sole focus is to win the ball and give it to Wilf. I don't think we it, rely on Wilf. No, I just think that when he's there. But if you remember, like <laughs> yeah. the, the Stoke game away last, at the end of last season was a classic example. When the amount of times you saw PVA and Wambasaka getting forward and Macarthur getting forward, yeah. we would we had mu- we had threats from all over the pitch in the second the last seven or eight games of the end of last season. The attacking threat was coming from everywhere. It's coming from the back. It's coming from midfield. It's coming from Wilf. It's coming from Townsend. And that's what's what's changed. But against yeah. Fulham, PVA and, and AWB were getting forward at every opportunity, and that's what's changed. There's I a, think there seems we to be might a mentality be, changed. Well, I think mentality I think is a big, big thing does, in it, yeah. because when Wilf isn't there, we've seen. I think mentally, the players uh, feel more pressure. Yeah. And I also think we'd, I'm lucky at the moment We've got a couple of key players Off form Luca is off yeah, form yeah, yeah. PVA is off form And in fact Roy even said that In his post-match embargo quote, yeah. Which I really hope I haven't been released yet Because otherwise I've just broken embargo right. um, The um, PVA is, is uh, He wants more from him For his yeah. quality yeah. I, think, I think Townsend Can be doing more at the moment I think we're just maybe Andy in a bit of an unlucky run Where we've got a few key players Just a bit off form Which means that you then Do rely on Wilf Yeah there's a combination of that. There's also the fact that as we mentioned before, a few weeks back, you effectively lost half of the midfield that was starting last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even if eventually Maya might be able to be an adequate replacement for Kabai in terms of <laughs> when we'll, we'll get on well, to that. No, we'll we'll get on to that. Well, that, no, this is a fair point, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Even if he is eventually that player, yeah. you know that that will take time. And I, as much as Kiyata, I think, will prove to be a good and versatile signing, he's he's not going to do for us what Loftus cheated. And yeah that that system was really heavily drilled and really well disciplined and, and worked last season. We were a fantastic team last season. Yeah. For my money, uh, if you took out that anomaly of the first sort of five or six games, even aside from the, the Manchester games, if you took out that period, we were probably about the eighth best team in the league yeah. over the yeah, rest yeah. of the season. And that was in part down to the way in which that midfield was set up, the way it, way it functioned, the fact it was actually, despite being a bit unconventional, a really good mix. And Roy developed this system that when he was playing Andros and, and Wolf up, up front without Benteke, which intuitively didn't seem like it was a good idea, that worked too. And, and now it just seems like a bit more of a mishmash. You got, as, as, as you mentioned, a few players coming out of form and that can happen. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't click for players for periods for, for whatever reason. You've got uh, uh, the new signings not yet either being picked or not yet in a position where they're fully adapted and gelled into the team yeah. it's just, there's just a number also, of reasons I think because Loftus-Cheek is a bigger miss than Kabai is basically for I me because yeah. PVA had licence to go because Loftus-Cheek naturally drifted out mm. to the left anyway so whenever PVA went forward Loftus-Cheek was covering on that side so that's, that's the left hand side was really strong last season mm. and May is really interesting because I think I think something happened at half time away at Watford <laughs> the way we came between getting off the pitch at half time and coming mm. back out again something whatever happened we were a different team and we looked 
shocking for 20 minutes. Yeah. It was only when Mayer came on, against Southampton, it was only when Mayer came on, but he came on, he didn't come on in Kabaisa, he came on wide left, really. Yeah, yeah. And that's because I think the Mayer... The position. Well, yeah, but also I think I think Mayer's the natural... If, if Zahar's not there, I think Mayer looks to be the natural replacement because he's played there in the past yeah. and he's clearly in a league apart to other Palace players in terms of skill and in terms of cheek and, and balls if you want he wants he wants the ball and he wants to go forward with it so yeah. which is why Newcastle are quite a negative team especially away from home you'd, you'd hope that he doesn't play Luca and Kiati yeah. on, on Saturday because I think we're talking about creative force Mayer looks like he's potentially that, that player mm. for us but something has happened something the, I the, think there's a change so mentality because right. the, the Southampton that Palace uh, for all that Rory reverted to four four two for an hour that wasn't Palace that yeah. simply wasn't us there was something whatever it was that was missing was missing it was more than just spark it was it was flat everywhere the whole every, every position on the pitch and you can't that can't be just put down to to Wilf not being there I think you're and absolutely if it right is, about, then about the psychologist Ruben. you're right about Ruben yeah. and and, and Selzy on the on the extra pod goes on about Palace not having enough players regularly not having enough players to carry the ball. And yeah, Ruben, of course, you know, aside yeah, from yeah. Wilf and Andros, yeah. really, you know, Ruben was another player that did that. Well, Johnny but, Williams can do it, but he just, yeah. I mean, Johnny Williams isn't going to play for Palace, yes, really, yeah. in the first team. But, um, but Maya could be one of those players. Oh, and we have yeah. had a lot of questions from Jamie Penston Raja. Hi, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Mark Jones. Hi, Mark. James Treacy. Hi, James. And she watched the sky. Hi, she. Oh. And they're all basically saying, why... Is he not playing? Mark Jones says, what, what has he got to do to get in the team? And she watched the sky says, is Roy waiting for October, Oktoberfest to start? <laughs> running the side. That's but, very good. But I think, I think, I I think, think you're right. I, he I, can do that, 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 um, that Ruben role. I think it's more prosaic than that. He didn't, he didn't have a pre-season in Germany. He was out for the back end of, the most of the back end of last season on strike or injured. So I think it's simply that Roy doesn't think he's fit enough yet to face... But I'd, 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 it has be, to be. It has to be. I'd be. I've, surely he's got to start on Saturday. You'd, you'd think he has to start on Saturday because also I think he will take some of the heat from Wolf as well. Because if mm-hmm. if opposition defences are suddenly confronted with somebody else, because that's what I thought was so impressive against Southampton, we were poor. And even when he came on, everything lifted because he was just shouting at everybody. He wanted the ball. And when he was yeah. getting the ball, he was doing something with it. Mm. it and he was always facing forward. It was always positive. It was always yeah. pass and move, pass and move. I, he tried it, almost his first touch was that beautiful cross-field lob to Benteke, who obviously nosed it up. But he wanted to. Do, he was looking to do things all the time. And that's, yeah. if, if suddenly back fours are going, well, we've got to deal with him as, as well as it's, it's like Zahar and Balassi. Yeah, when they couldn't, defenses couldn't win because I either doubled up and Zahar and Balassi came mm. through in the centre, or, or vice versa. And I think Mayo will do that. And I think against Newcastle, against a team that will be on the back foot at home, we haven't won at home yet. This is an ideal opportunity. We have to go forward. We have yeah. to, we have to get at them from the start. We have to lift Sellers part. We have to get the atmosphere well, this, going. This is to, the thing, yeah. actually. You know, I think Maya starting enders would. Mm. In the same way that when Wilf and Sproni came back against Chelsea last yeah, week, yeah, I think actually it would yeah, keep yeah, it really lift. It will lift. It will Absolutely. lift the crowd. It yeah. will lift the crowd. It will lift the team, but it will really lift the crowd. And the crowd needs It'll be a mark of intent as well. Yeah. It'll be it'll be let's yeah, it'll be saying that we can beat this team. Let's not respect the point. Let's have none of that nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can beat Newcastle. Do you remember when we used to respect yeah. the point and we, we love that? Newcastle are sort of towards the end of last season when we were beating Leicester and Burnley and Westbrook, they were the sort of teams we should be beating at Sellers Park. And Newcastle, we should be beating them at Palace. Simple as that. And we should be picking a team that as soon as Newcastle get a team sheet, they should be going, oh, hello, this is, yeah. they're, they're going to win, they're just going to try we and win just, this game. We yeah. really need to win at home. Roy yeah. is not going to change a winning team. 
I, well, this is the thing. He, he, he does. Roy is, like, Roy is not going to. In fact, I'm going to go so far as to say that if there's not an enforced change, i.e., someone who's got to be sort of taken out of the team because they're injured, if he changes that team on Saturday, I will buy a Wayne Hennessy shirt. Oh, oh, God, please oh, say that. Oh, yes. <laughs> Get on the phone. And, right, wear the, and wear it on the pod. And I'll wear it on the podcast. Well, there's no problem. No, no, we'll we take photo. We'll take photo. Oh, okay. Oh, no, we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll put it on. Put that one no, on YouTube. I think we'll he, has, he has to wear it in the Porsons. Never mind the podcast. Wear it in the Porsons? Wear it in the, yeah, why not? <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't forget this. Uh, well, it's recorded now. Don't, I'm not yeah, editing. Yeah, well, don't don't How much money is paid to cut this? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Under normal circumstances, he wouldn't normally change, but I don't think these are normal. I think he knows something needs. But I think Saturday was so... Flat. You sat, no, you sat, I think, but we won. No, that's oh, the thing. Right. We did. Yeah, that's. But no, no, Saturday though, you listen to his post-match press conference, and I he don't agree. Yeah. I don't agree with him. Yeah, but he, he said it was materially different from the Southampton performance. Yeah. He said I was glad that it got to levels of intensity that we were at previously, the levels of discipline, so we all that sort of game. stuff. And he might have he been doing that. that. So he might have been doing that just to give the effect to the players of oh, you've won. Yes, it was a good performance. Honestly, yeah. keep doing that and be confident and stuff. Or it might be that he genuinely thought that, you know, they competed in the manner in which I wanted them to compete. Why would I possibly they did, change they this? Yeah, yeah, and they did they win. Didn't. Yeah. yeah. So you've now right. got the glimpse of me in a Wayne Hennessy shirt, oh, but you're God, not going to get it. I in. really, really, really hope he starts me yeah. on Saturday. I want to go into hiding for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what we need to do is get Wayne Hennessy in as well. Wayne Hennessy to sit next in to the him in, in, yeah, in <laughs> way, sitting next to Andy in a Wayne Hennessy. I don't think that's great. And he just picks up a pint of lager and drops it. Um, <laughs> walks away <laughs> do you know speaking of the Porsons we had a question from it says hi Ray from the Porsons alright oh, Ray, Ray. Ray. Yeah, Ray. Nice. oh yeah Ray, yeah, Ray. Uh, his question is about referees Oh, right, okay. I, I, I feel like we've covered that subject, but I just want to say hi to Ray from the yeah, Porsons. Hi, Ray. Yeah. Hi, Ray. We, we hate referees too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Ray. They're yeah. only doing a job. Um, <laughs> it's uh, the best of their ability. Can we talk briefly on uh, Andre Ayu? Because we have a question from Luke O. Hello. Can we talk, oh. talk about Jordan Ayu, who's actually a Palace player, <laughs> yeah. rather than his brother, <laughs> who's, who's not? Yeah, we're, we're that sort of pod. We Why don't we talk about, about a baby Ayu, his father, who used to play? Um, Jordan Ayu, uh, PC Wires is the other person that, that, that's messaging. PC Wires is, says, did, is PC angry? Is he PC gone mad? Oh, <laughs> God. Um, did, PCV. Did Ayu do, really do better than Benteke would have done? And then Luco says, when Benteke is back, does he go straight into the start 11 or keep faith in Ayu? Did, did you see anything in Ayu on Saturday, Kev, that you were impressed he, with? He, he, it's, it's really difficult. To, you know, what, even the most extended highlights don't focus on a player who's putting an effort, putting a shift in... Friends of mine who were there who, who tweeted, you know, texted me through the game, said he was covering every blade of grass, which mm-hmm. is the first thing you want him to do. But yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was very disappointed with him against Southampton. To be perfectly honest, I, yeah. And but I, you put that down to the system, and the whole it just team, didn't but... work. It just didn't work. But he he scored a lot of goals for Swansea in a difficult situation last year, so he's clearly capable of scoring goals. I don't think he's a one. He's a light for light replacement for Benteke. Full stop. He's very, it's not his chosen position. Straightforward, centre out and out, centre forward. Mm. He's a bit of a Fraser Campbell a, for me. Yeah, he prefers to play as a ten, or he prefers to play. I will in say that fans, Palace so. play a, a differently when he's on the pitch to Benteke. You know, it, it's very tempting when Benteke's on to lob it up and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. We play a bit more when it's when it's him and Wilf, a bit more like it was Anderson Wilf last season. Yeah. Which I think yeah. 
probably more probably to our strengths. Yeah. He's, a better, be he's a much better link player than Benteke is. He's probably not as... Well, you can't say Completely that. Completely disagree. Really? Yeah. Okay, well, that's your... That's what the pod's here for. <laughs> yeah, it's here You're wrong, yeah. but you're entitled no, to your opinion. <laughs> I mean, Benteke has been... Benteke has been working on his, his link play, definitely. But Benteke, for me, suffers with such droughts of confidence that he can go through games. Again, Southampton, I was like, he's, he's never going to score. We're never going to score in this game. Yeah. But I think with Ayu, there, there, there is that injection of maybe it's just confidence. There's, there is something a bit more about him. He's, maybe he's a new player trying to impress. And he does cover... Every every blade of grass, which like Kevin says, you want a player to do, but as the bare minimum, when in that position, as the bare minimum, uh, of that, course, in that position. But I think maybe Andy, maybe it brings more out of Wilf a little bit. I don't know. I don't think Wilf really needs anyone to bring anything out of him. Frankly, yeah. I think you could play <laughs> you could play Enders next to Wilf, and I'm sure well. he'd still be Wilf. Sorry, Enders. No, really right no, no, you haven't offended me at all because um, Wilf. Yeah, he's, I, I have helped him. Yeah. Well, also the I thing so. that I think the problem is is that, and again, it, as Andy said, he talks about the end of last season and what a good team we were. But what we haven't been seeing, certainly against Southampton, whoever's playing up front can't do it on their own up front, and we're not seeing the midfield players break beyond the forwards like we did. Again, I go back to that Stoke game. And the amount of times that the, not, not just MacArthur, but the two fullbacks were ahead of the, the yeah. strikers, and we were playing, <coughs> we would have five men up front essentially, and that's just not happening. And whether that's a confidence thing or a change in mentality, we're, we're, yeah, we're not Liverpool. We can't allow the front three just to, to operate on their own and the rest yeah. of us defend. We're simply not going to I think to do you've that, hit the so. nail on the head. Our biggest issue is midfield. It's, the it's back four, when the confidence is in there, fine. Yeah, yeah. Up front, you know, Wilf does his thing. Yeah. Are you tries? Yeah, yeah. tries. I think midfield is our biggest yeah, issue. And midfield is definitely our problem. And Lucas, again, Andy's point about him not changing the winning team, but it's quite obvious Lucas needs a break for some reason, whether it's the international situation that's yeah. just distressing whatever it is he's not because uh, I, I saw the because uh, Troy Deeney was on Monday Night Football and they obviously they showed what everybody's new media darlings Watford are apparently a really good football inside now but they showed the, the, the goal they scored against us and again it just reminds you of how Luca just waved him by Mm. And the Luca mm. of last season would have put a tackle, would have got a yellow take, card, would have, would, have, would have brought yeah. him down, would have got a card, would have, yeah. you know, he wouldn't have hacked him down, but he would have found a way of bringing Professional him down. Foul. But he just, he, he just didn't seem to know. What you to do, do wonder if like, the dispute with the national team is sort of weighing on his mind. Something, generally. whatever it is, he's clearly not as effective as he was. I mean, it's last quite, a, quite a big sort of uh, fractious <laughs> dispute that he's having yeah. Yeah, he and put a statement out on Twitter about yeah, it yeah exactly what did he say yeah. I didn't see that uh, basically uh, uh, there's been what, a big for, falling for, out for between him and the coach know, what, what, what is the story in a nutshell for the listeners who don't know that uh, essentially I think he fell out with the coach basically yeah. and ended up with a flare up in the dressing room right. and I, my understanding is that he was sort of dismissed from the, the, the camp right and sent home Right. And it's kind of come to a point where Lucas had to put out public statements, sort of clarifying his position on, right. on okay. what's happened. And that's going to be a big distraction. I mean, nobody would want to, especially you know, a proud guy like Luca, would want to feel like they've let their national team down. Well, so, talked, so to be he, he, sort of accused of things publicly in that manner. I'm not making excuses for him. No, no, he's, but he's, he's not talked about his heritage in the past. And like Chris Cruz, he is very proud of his yeah, yeah, heritage. Yeah. So clearly, yeah. it's just interesting that, that, that you know, it's, it's happened at the same time. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, but, listen, would you like to finish part three on a positive? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, why not? Toby Kinder. No. Hi, Toby. Has, Hi, Toby. <laughs> do you say no? Yeah. <laughs> says, um, I thought, he said, I thought we'd do well to get a point at Fulham. 
lose to Liverpool, draw at Watford, beat Saints, draw at Huddersfield, equals six points. On this form, we could lose. Hang on. Yeah, no. On this form, we could lose all twelve big six games, take half the points from the other twenty-six, and finish on thirty-nine points. I'd take that. Would you? You say that's a positive note. <laughs> it's not that positive, is it? Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's saying, saying we're yeah. on we're on track. Still, yeah, really. I, it, it's just. I would like to say we could get more than thirty-nine points this season. It's just a little frustrating because it felt Fulham and Liverpool felt like progress. Yeah, and suddenly it, it feels like that's. Stop because we've yeah. we've we talk about it every every year in the Premier League, right? We we got away with it this season. Let's see some progress next season. And for the first time ever, and we said this on both pods after both games, it felt like we had taken steps forward. It felt like we looked like a mm. a better team, and now suddenly we we don't. And you know, and then all of the, that's why all the talk is of Will from whatever. And it's like something's not quite right. And that's. So we're a better team than 39 points. I mean, we yeah. probably are where yeah. we should be in the, in the league table. I think, Kev, I think you're right. There's a reason why we're all talking about Wilf and why people are yeah. asking questions about Wilf is the fact that the rest of the team are not performing. Yeah, they're not firing on all cylinders. I think, and I think the reason, uh, you're absolutely right, why everyone's feeling a, maybe a bit deflated at the moment despite winning the weekend is because we know we can do better. Yes. We yeah. know this team can do and a lot also, better. I think as well, as much as we talk about the squad being better and much as we all say Kelly's a good centre-back, Tompkins wouldn't have made that mistake that Kelly made against Southampton. So already it's putting doubts in people's mind because we're back to saying, well, actually, we've got a really good starting eleven, and maybe one or two better substitutes. But is the squad that much better than we've, than we've thought it was? You know, and again, losing goodbye and Loftus-Cheek, mm. has, has, has that been managed as well as we thought it was? And there's also this clearly things, you know, suddenly the chief scout has been there for years, has been sacked, and there's, so there's clearly things happening at the club again. And that just felt it just it just it just felt like that. That's why the win on Saturday was so important because, yeah. as I say, the second half of Watford and the whole of Southampton, it just wasn't, wasn't right. It was it wasn't Palace, and that's that's what's worrying. But we're a better team than thirty nine points. Yeah, simple as that. We should be we should still be looking top ten. Well, we should yeah. be. And right now we're going to be looking to part four. Nice part four, nice. Uh, where we're going to preview uh, Saturday's game against Newcastle. So nice. join us. Okay. Welcome back to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! Two sixty five sponsored by Vector Printing for your printing embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk. It's Vector with us. Okay. Nice. And JCIS, a global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I will. Was that Geordie? Is it Geordie? I will. Why? Why, yeah. Why, yeah. I will. Are you do, do you want to do all part four in a Geordie? No, 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 actually, don't. No, no, no. It's not. You sound like the Churchill dog now. No, 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 Okay, so basically, the, the, we've got a few qu- uh, questions around Saturday, and they're all really around Maya, <laughs> which we have kind of covered. Yes, he should yeah. play. So, yeah, we, he should be. I would something. definitely start with the same team if I were right. <laughs> 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 you, do, you, do you mind saying that in a Welsh accent, please? <laughs> no, you don't, you, don't, you don't change a winning team, so keep it as it is. No, I think we'd like to see, and um, from the off as well, like we said earlier. Yeah, it's, I, it's sort of game. If you saw an early goal in this one, yeah, you win. <laughs> Well, free. Well, well hopefully, yeah. if we score it, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. But you know, Newcastle are a team. They've had a poor part to the start of the season. 
Benitez didn't get the money he wanted in the summer. He seems to be in permanent dispute with the owner. So, yeah, this, as are all the fans as well. As the fans mm. are, indeed, and rightly, understandably so. Mm. But yeah, they, we should be playing on their insecurities rather than worrying about ours. Yeah, for once. And yeah. I, will, I will say the, the question actually uh, that I've noted down here is from Blue Jumper. Hi, Blue. Blue. Hi, Blue. And they said Maya should be starting, which I think we all agree with. But who should he be replacing? Where do you want to see him come in? Are you? And I'd put Townsend up front. Oh, so then Maya goes out wide. Maya and Maka. So you'd keep Kiata and Thingy. Uh, thingy. Thingy. <laughs> Maya, uh, and Maka and Maya are your, yes. your wide men. So you have yeah, I, think, I like that. I like that a lot. Well, yeah. but yeah, we've just been talking about how conservative Roy is. So the one thing he isn't going to do is that. No, so you asked what bring, I would do. No, no, but I was saying, but no, he's not going. No, yeah. no. He's, he's keeping a winning team. I, 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 I think he would, he would come in for. I don't think you need to start Kiati and Luca at home to Newcastle. Although his, his logic might be that they'll try and flood the midfield and we should try and do the same thing. But I'd like to see him start as one of the midfield three. Midfield three, yeah. Basically. Yeah. Uh, and McCarthy is probably <coughs> the one player we haven't mentioned because he's having he's had a really solid start to the season. And he's signed, he's signed, he's signed, a, new he's signed a new contract extension, which 20, is really good news. And, but again, all, and just, we all know what contracts mean. Yeah, <laughs> not a lot. And having spoken to him on the pod, though, he sensed that he, this is a club he really wants to be at. Yeah, but again, he just needs to add. The midfield needs to be adding goals, which Macca was doing last season. Yeah, he's getting into the positions. He should he have probably Watford, scored the one Watford, against Watford and yeah. uh, against Huddersfield. Wolf sets him up on the yeah. counter again, and you know, knowing what he's like, he would have been bitterly disappointed he didn't yeah. put both of those yeah. away. Yeah. So at least he's, he's continuing to sort of make those breaks into the box. The one thing you're not going to get from Luca or Chiatti, except from dead balls, corners, is goals. Yeah. yeah. Which is where you think Mayo looks like he's got a goal in him. So oh, well, certainly yeah. not those Absolutely. late runs into the box. Yeah. I mean, I think Chiatti used to bang a few in from distance, but it obviously wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a lot. And he scored a lot of goals from corners with, from headers, so yeah, he's got yeah, that yeah. in his... In his um, in his locker final question then this week I like it you can say it Delirious Dave and said I think there's a lot of people sort of wondering this because it has gone a bit quiet are the HF coming back for Newcastle um, I don't know do you know no I mean obviously we don't know that it has gone a bit quiet since the, the various statements came out and we did this week put our name to a statement on their website all the, all the fan groups did collectively Hoping for some progress and something to happen, but we don't actually know. We'd like anything. We'd, it needs to be resolved. We'd like to see them back, but we we talked about it at length on the last yeah. pod. One again, way or another. Yeah, and again, the, the one group of people who shouldn't be being maligned is the people in that block who don't want to move, yeah. change the season. But it's something for the rest of this season, we need to get the HF back where they where they were, and then start working on a solution for one or two seasons because it's the sort of thing that will take some time to, to resolve but yeah well it does need logistically yeah yeah exactly yeah, it's, just, it's yeah, not an overnight yeah, it, solution it does, is that them on the phone now yeah <laughs> uh, it, so it does need resolving because um, it you know again it plays you know it, it does make a difference it plays into the narrative that something's not quite right yeah and it does you know, I still think the atmosphere is, is good but you do miss them there and it, it the, the players probably are walking out of Park going where's that there's always a focal point I think for Wayne them. said that last week yeah. off Southampton yeah. Yeah. and a, a, you know, the away teams probably is, does make it slightly more intimidating at the start so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it needs to be resolved I uh, think it's gone to the point where right now no one's that fast about how it's happened everyone just wants it yes yeah. Yeah. The, well, the people who have bought season tickets in that area haven't, won't have got an emotional attachment after two, two games so I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they'll be happy to be moved to another part of the ground. So it's, it's. I should think it's logistically very easy to get them back where they were. 
Yeah, yeah. Which would be the first step. And then, like, as we say, then, take yeah. a season or two on working out whether... Mm. So no, Delirious Dave, to answer your question, don't believe don't they're back from Newcastle. But, you know, if there is anything that happens and we know anything, then we'll obviously let people And, and of yeah. course, the other thing is if we'd won both home games, we wouldn't be having a conversation about them full stop. Like you say, it plays it yeah, yeah. into the narrative that something is not yeah. quite yeah, right, yeah, which yeah, I think yeah. we can all agree with. But hopefully on Saturday, Palace will win. And things yes. will feel a bit more right. Just you know, we can't, I don't think we've ever had one pod where everyone's, it's like a two-minute pod where we go, yeah, it's all great. There's always years. some grit in the oyster. There's that always bit a, when we got to fifth at Christmas. Yeah, mm. exactly. That's exactly what I'm looking at. You're welcome. There's always somebody. There's always Wayne Hennessy in golf to spoil it for somebody. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Okay, well, well anyway, thanks for wait. listening. Can you make it a, a Wayne Hennessy shirt that's a size too small for you as well? That'd be perfectly hilarious <laughs> okay well and anyway so vindictive and can Freddie be a, a Wayne Hennessy shirt as well a little baby Wayne that's, Hennessy shirt I, mean, I don't want him taken away by the NSPCC really. <laughs> yeah come on <laughs> anyway thanks for listening we'll be back with you with the extra pod after Newcastle game I'm back with you with the full pod next week where hopefully Andy Street will be wearing a Wayne Hennessy shirt so <laughs> we will see what happens thanks lads for being on the pod thank, thank you welcome. thank Bye. you for inviting me and thanks very much for listening we'll be with you again soon goodbye Bye. When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business dot com. Sports Social Podcast Network.